Good morning, seven minutes after 11 o'clock. Glad to have you with us. My favorite pizza in all the world is a pizza parlor in University Heights, Ohio, uh, and it's called Geraci's. Started going there when I was a kid. Actually, I think my cousins uh, first introduced us to it. And it is there's just something unique about the flavor of a Geraci's pizza. I don't know what they do that's different. Um, who's the guy? Diners, Dive-Ins, and Drives. I think they he did an episode there at Geraci's Pizza. Fabulous pizza. My second favorite pizza in all the world is right here in Columbia. Shakespeare's. I love Shakespeare's pizza. Uh, nobody in the national chains can compare. I just, they're just something special about a Shakespeare's pizza. And now it's like uh, a 50-year-old pizza parlor. This this is kind of neat. Uh, Brian, you you like Shakespeare's, don't you? I do, yes. Did you go there this, this I week? Did, no, they were close this weekend. They had their 50th uh, celebration downtown, and a lot of their uh, stores were closed. And we actually had forgotten about it until we called, and it's like, oh, oh well. <laughs> Is there anybody else in central Missouri that has a better pizza than them? Because I haven't found it. There are other good pizzas. I'm not, look, I'm not slamming other pizza parlors. But Shakespeare's? One one day, Gwen and I were out. I don't know. I don't even remember what we were doing, but we bought. Uh, we decided we wanted pizza, and we ordered a Shakespeare's pizza. And we're driving home, and the scent of that pizza was so overwhelming that we parked in a church parking lot and scarfed down about half that pizza. It was that good. I. Love a good pizza, which, by the way, does not include pineapple. Pineapple is a fruit. Uh, I guess tomato is too, but pineapple is a. It, no, it just doesn't. It it doesn't go. Give me some hot Italian sausage and pepperoni, little extra cheese, or give me a white pizza. Oh, I love it. And don't don't tell Kevin Jackson I said I like a white pizza. I'll be in trouble again. But that's just the cheese and garlic. Oh, is that good? Whew. I, you, what do you say we go get a pizza after the show? I, <laughs> okay with myself, me. I'm making myself hungry. Man, they make a great pizza. Well, congratulations to Shakespeare's on 50 years. Uh, I don't know of a better pizza that you can have. Uh, in central Missouri. Maybe somebody out there does. Maybe somebody's got a favorite pizza parlor or somebody has uh, a, a pizza they like better. But uh, it is, for me, my favorite uh, pizza. In fact, I was driving through St. Louis not too long ago listening to uh, some uh, a talk radio program. And apparently this guy, uh, his he went to, to Mizzou and his kids gone uh, or were going to Mizzou, and he said that he stopped by Shakespeare's uh, just because it was such a great pizza, and he remembered it from when he was there. I mean, it's two generations of, of students there, probably several more. It's just a great pizza. Just a great pizza. 
Do you order yours with sausage and pepperoni, Brian? Or Oh, I get the meat lovers usually from Shakespeare's. And I love the messages on there, the nutritional information. Don't ask about nutritional information on this one. Just don't. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's the thing about Shakespeare's. They tell it like it is. They don't. Uh, the messages in their menu and, you know, around the store, it's just iconic. Yep, it is. It, that's exactly how to describe it. Shakespeare's is iconic. Great place for pizza. Mike, good morning. How are you? Fine. Um, you might want to try Tony's. Tony's? Tony's Pizza. Where's Tony's? Uh, it used to be on Broadway many, many years ago, and then I think it's moved down, uh, oh, I don't know the name of the street, but uh, 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 <laughs> I couldn't even tell you the street. Uh, but hey, so it's been a while since you've been to Tony's too, huh? <laughs> I've got cataracts on both sides. I can't drive. So, uh, what what do you like about Tony's? Is there anything particular you like about the size? Well, the... back when I was young, I mean, that's where we went, and and it was, I mean, it was good stuff. Now, and you like it better than Shakespeare's? Oh yeah. Oh, I gotta uh, put that on the list because Shakespeare is uh, pretty high. Well, I'm not saying Shakespeare is bad. I'm just saying that, you know, that, uh, back in the day, uh, Tony's was the place. All right. I'm going to keep that in mind, Mike. All right. Thanks, buddy. Yep. Appreciate it. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Have you been there, Brian? Tony's? I have not. Nope. Another uh, pizza of note is Eris's. They are very, very good. Yeah. They're both I'm in Columbia and Jeff City. I am curious about uh, this Tony's place because he didn't know where it was at. I wonder if it's still in business. I don't know. 874-9390, toll free 800-529-5572. Just congratulations uh, to Shakespeare's. Great pizza. And uh, 50 years in business, you got to know you're doing something right. And they are. All right, let me... Uh, let me... Social contagion is, is a kind of an interesting story. We're going to get to this uh, in this segment of the program. But apparently there are pizza lovers everywhere sending us messages. And um, let me see if I get this right. Next time you're in Fulton, stop in and see Dennis's at Brooklyn Pizza. Or see Dennis at Brooklyn Pizza. He is from Brooklyn. And it's the real deal. Not like that Shakespeare. Oh, no, come on. Shakespeare's pizza is really good. Uh, Emo's. I've been to Emo's. I've had Emo's pizza. Uh, and they are good. They are good. I, I'm not uh, just Shakespeare's is my favorite. That's all. Mike, good morning. How are you? Good, Gary. How are you doing? I'm doing well. What's up? Hey, Tony's Pizza. I grew up in Columbia. Lived here for 40 years. We used to go there as a kid. They've got big balls of uh, Italian sausage. Their crust is perfect. It's just a great pizza place. Where is it? Right up, it's catty from the post office downtown. I think it's 4th Street. All right, by the post office downtown. All right, I can find that. I'll, I'll, I'll just send You're Glenn right. over there. All right, Mike, thank you. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Jason, good morning. Yeah, the previous caller just stole my thunder. I was going to tell you it was Caddy Court of the Post Office. 
All right. It is 17 North 5th Street, says Tony Lupo. Wouldn't Tony... Keep Tony Lupo listening, because I'm going to talk about El Nino. Okay. Uh, in a minute. Oh, Jason, okay. thank you. All right, thanks. All right, glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Archie, good morning. Good morning. How you doing? I am well. about Tony's, Tony's Pizza? Yeah. Yeah, we used to eat Tony's Pizza when I was a kid, too. And, uh, yeah, they get pizza. My second choice would be Casey's. Casey's? The, uh -huh. the gas station? Yes, sir. The gas station makes a great pizza, huh? Yes, sir. All right. Well, maybe I'll... Right. I'll can I buy it? I can buy it by the slice at Casey's, right? Right. Well, maybe I'll do that and see if I uh, agree with you. I'm, I'm willing to give that a shot. Archie, thank you. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Hey, Mike, good morning. Hey, if you're ever down toward Ashland, there's a place called Pizza House, and that's spelled H-A-U-S. It's a little mom-and-pop place down there on the main drag in Ashland. Uh, a colleague of mine and I discovered it by accident, and it's just fantastic pizza. Got a favorite? Oh, yeah, it's the best. Uh, well, well, whatever. I don't know. They have, like, various, like, house combinations. And the one my colleague and I had had a lot of different kind of meats on it, fresh vegetables. But that's the thing. Like, everything's really fresh, the ingredients, and and it's very generous. I mean, it's just loaded down. Like, my colleague and I couldn't finish a pizza in one setting. Wow. Thin crust or thick? What do you like? I like thin because I like to taste the ingredients and not a bunch of bread. All right. Mike, thank you. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. I kind of like thin crust. Uh, Eric, good morning. Yeah, how you doing this morning, Gary? I am well, thank you. Good, good. I was calling in about Tony's Pizza too, but since everybody else already let you know where that one's at, do you by chance remember Rome's Pizzeria in Boonville, Missouri? No, I do not. No, I tell you what. From when I was a kid, that is still to this day the pizza that I compare every bite I ever have to. Huh. So, saying they're not around. But oh, so they're gone have a now. Good day there. So you told me about a better pizza place that isn't around. Isn't that like giving me a raise before you fire me so I'm losing a better job? <laughs> right. That's kind of cruel on your part. I, I tell you what, the closest one I found to the way they used to make their old brick oven pizzas over there, the closest flavor and style is probably still Tony's downtown. All right. Eric, thank All you. Right. Glad to have you in the Gary Nolcha. That's what we got to do, Brian. we got to go to Tony's. we got to give yep, it a shot. Sounds like it. But for 50 years in business... Good for them. They, uh, they, uh, Shakespeare's, uh, it, it's, uh, it's a landmark here in Columbia. Uh, let's see. All right. I got to get a couple. I got a couple more things here. Um, I, I don't know if I should. Yeah. I, I, I'll tell you what. Uh, I'm going to do this very briefly on transgenders. Uh, and then I'm going to move on because we've got so many other things that we need to get to. Uh, Jen Sucky on TV. Uh, we've got, uh, the $100 uh, a, a, a barrel oil, uh, just all kinds of things that we have yet to get to. You're listening to The Gary Nolan Show, and it's the Zimmer Radio Network. 22 minutes after 11 o'clock. Uh, let me see. Is, is Lisa on um, pizza? All right, I got I to gotta get away from pizza here, so this is the last call on pizza. Lisa, good morning. Hi. Hi. Um, I grew up in Columbia, and um, Tony's Pizza has been around forever. But if you really, really like Shakespeare's, I don't think you're going to really like Tony's. 
it's more um it's a different flavor and different texture altogether it's a it's the, the people who owned it back at least when i lived there it was a greek family and they had really good suvaki and euros other things but the pizza's real thin and it's um it's cut into the little little bitty squares and kind of loose and floppy kind of greasy <laughs> shakespeare's is by far a lot better all right. I'm going to have to try it anyway, Lisa, but thank you very yeah, much. It's been around. It's been around forever. Yeah. If it's if the same owners, I don't know. But I would go with the Zubaki sandwich instead. But that's just me, I guess. But Shakespeare's <laughs> is hands down much better. All Eric right. is a good second. Thanks, Lisa. <laughs> All Take right. Care. Bye. Bye-bye. All right. Some good tips there. All right. We just heard about this thing in the Mississippi. Apparently, they're getting this salt block. The uh, There hadn't been enough rain to keep pushing the water out into the ocean. And so salt is, the ocean water is backing up into the Mississippi. And oh, what a problem. But I think, I think the problem is going to be resolved this winter. Uh, we've got an El Warmo. It, 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 I'd like to translate things literally for you. El Nino is El Warmo. La Nina is El Coldo. Uh, I just do that uh, for the sake of people who get those confused. Uh, Tony Lupo, who is a professor... Uh, Tony, you weren't laughing, were you? Yes, I was. Oh, uh, was that's, I right, that's though? Clever. That's clever. It's, it's basically right for Missouri's weather and uh, for a lot of areas in the northern part of the U.S., but we've got a, a an El Warmo uh, that started this uh, last year, correct? El Nino? Yes. Yes, El Nino has begun. And uh, hopefully this winter it'll translate into lots of rain for the southern tier of the USA. Uh, usually when, that, when you get an El Nino, we set up a jet stream along the southern tier, and, and that part of the country is very wet. So... So hopefully that's what we end up with. So California and uh, Texas and Mississippi, all those states uh, are going to yeah, see more. And even and even up into southern and central Missouri, that can be the case too. So, all right. So uh, unmistakably warm summer in the United States. Is is it, this what? It, it was not quite as warm as they're telling us, um, especially when you look at the uh, temperatures from June 1 to August 31st. For a large part of the country, it was at or maybe even slightly below normal. The hot areas were in the south from, from about New Mexico to, say, uh, Alabama. And... What caused Do we know what caused that? Is that just a fluke of nature? Is it a, a volcano from under, underwater in the ocean? Uh, it, it could be a combination of those things, but generally when, generally when you go into an El Nino, uh, the summer in the United States tends to be a little cooler, especially uh, from about uh, Missouri on north and the southern part tends to be warm like it was. So this is somewhat of a normal response to an oncoming El Nino. Well, the anthropogenic global warming advocates 
are telling us, see, we told you so. This is what, this is, you know, this is where uh, we told you we would be. But if we continue to put CO2 in the air and next year it gets colder than it was this past year, uh, they got a problem. Oh, right, right. And they even have a problem with this summer because they said that this summer was, of course, the hottest in whatever thousand years they had said. And uh, and I can send you the data that shows that it was uh, it was not so hot across the United States. How about around the world? Around the world, it was uh, probably a little bit above average. Uh, it cert- uh, Europe certainly had some heat. That's one place where it was pretty hot. And uh, so it, it was a warm summer globally. But certainly to call it the warmest in thousands of years is a stretch. <laughs> so uh, you expect then with... Uh uh, the El Nino that we're going to see some wetter temperature in the south. Uh, it'll be what warmer up north. Yes, wetter in the south and a and a warmer than normal up north. I think uh, if you live in Minnesota, Wisconsin, those areas, you're going to save on some heating bills, and you're going to like this El Nino. I'm getting pretty good at this. You know, if you want to take a day off and you want me to handle a couple of classes, let me know. Yeah, I'll just. <laughs> That's a tempting offer. <laughs> <laughs> Not after he gets done, it won't. <laughs> I don't know what Brian's talking about. Ignore Brian. All right. Uh, anything else? What are we looking forward to for winter for us? No, I think that uh, here in Missouri we'll probably have slightly less snow than normal, although sometimes in El Nino years you can get bigger snows. You know, you'll get a lot of your snow all at once, so uh, we need to be on the lookout for that. But other than that, I, I foresee a relatively mild winter. All right. Well, I, you know, the good thing about uh bad weather is that Brian, who's not particularly adept at uh, driving in snow, can always call me and I will go over to his house <laughs> and help him get his vehicle out of a out of a snow bank. Yeah, you're really good at that, aren't you? I, I am, Brian. I got you out. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Tony, take care, buddy. Thank you. All right. Thanks. Professor Tony Lupo. Hey, you, you should be grateful. I went over Do there. you still recommend pegboard as a method of get, gaining traction when you're stuck? Yeah, I don't recommend standing in front of the wheel. Oh, well, you didn't spin. tell me that. You said, go ahead and stand right here. I did not. <laughs> you lie. Oh, man, but you sure did limp for a while after that. Oh, man, that hurt. There was this deep snow. When, how, what was that, four years ago, five oh, years ago? It was longer than that, I think. Ten years ago, probably. And uh, and Brian couldn't get his vehicle out of the snow. Uh, and I was raised in northeast Ohio. We get tons of snow. So I went over to help him. Yeah, this uh, front-wheel drive vehicle. <laughs> it's like, last time I'll buy one of those. Uh, yeah, and so you had ejected that pegboard like it was... <laughs> <laughs> like it was fired from ding, a ding, gun. Ding, 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 <laughs> right into the ankle. Oh, no! He's actually four inches shorter now than he was the day before. <laughs> All right, we're we're up against the clock. We got to take a quick break. Eight seven four ninety three ninety toll free eight hundred five two nine five five seven two. It's the Gary Nolan Show, and it's the Zimmer Radio Network.
This is the Gary Nolan Show. It's 11.35, and uh, we're glad to have you with us. A little transgender uh, news. A governor in California has signed Newsom, of course, has uh, signed a law that requires gender-neutral bathrooms in schools. Wow. Wait till your little girl is in the bathroom with a weenie-wagger uh, who's uh, in there with her, alone. Oh, can't wait to see how that unfolds. Uh, and they always tell you, oh, no, nothing is going to happen. And then something happens and they just, uh, no, no. That's just an hourly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a new study that has been banned after it found that uh, transgender and gender dysphoria is a social trend, a social contagion. But they banned the study. They don't want anybody to hear about it uh, because it says what common sense would tell you. Schools that promote this, I have no idea what they're thinking. How they possibly can think they're doing the right thing by these kids. It's not even their job. They should just be teaching them history and reading and writing. I don't know. It's, it's crazy. Um, but do we have this uh, audio of this, uh, uh, this woman who was so upset that she was a woman? We do. We have a portion, and I'll go ahead and cut it off when the moderator comes in. But she was very upset because somebody identified her, or they assumed her gender or something. Well, she's a, a female. Well, and she I, went to get a drink. Yeah. And the person behind the bar had the hubris, the audacity to call her ma'am. Or something like that. Yeah, here we go. Experience. Basically, I was just getting a drink at the bar and they called both Azul and I ladies. After they were done making the drink, I went up. I was like, some people don't refer to themselves as ladies, but it's okay that you didn't know. And with a gay bar, so I should be saying. I don't know who told you. <laughs> you. You can't make this stuff up. You just can't. Uh, uh, so upset that he she was identified as a she. Uh, and crying. Oh, jeez. It's terrible. Yeah, you'd think somebody, you know whacked her parents or something. She, I mean, she is in, in, inconsolable. Oh, Lord. Wall Street Journal has, says a string of inflationary shocks has challenged the Federal Reserve's uh, effort to control price increases. In other words, uh, we've got this inflation. It just keeps hammering and hammering and hammering. It's going up. And it, it, they keep raising interest rates, and it's not doing anything. They're a little cautious this week, but still, it seems to be getting worse. Crude oil's uh, march uh, to uh, $100 a barrel is uh, particularly scary. Truckers that haul food cross-country are charging grocery stores more for diesel. Uh, jet fuel-reliant airlines are demanding higher fares, and manufacturers of everything from plastic toys to asphalt could be looking at higher prices. So this is creating new fears from Washington to Wall Street that energy, which the Fed largely excludes in its policy calculus, could throw off central bankers. 
they don't. I don't know how they don't take this into consideration. It, it doesn't make sense. Uh, I, they, their fear is that you know the the rapid changes, the vicissitudes make it uh, undependable. But it is still part of everyday life, and it ripples through the economy like there's no tomorrow. And people are starting to worry. Wall Street, do, do we get a, a, a Wall Street update, Brian? As of this morning, Wall Street was in the dumper. I haven't seen one in a couple hours. All right, I'm going to take a quick look. Uh, but there is a great deal of fear uh, on Wall Street, and uh, they're taking it out on the stock market. Oh, no, they're in the green now. Not by much. This morning, they were down by, what, 100 and something in the Dow? Uh, they've recovered that. They're uh, plus, four, uh, plus four points. Uh, S&P is up 10. NASDAQ is up 40. Uh, and the Russell is up as well. Uh, they're up about 10. But Wall Street is getting concerned about the price of oil because they recognize how much it ripples through the economy. The Wall Street uh, Journal's got a great piece on this. Uh, Rob Kaplan, former president of the Dallas Fed, said it makes things harder as the price of gasoline uh, and oil go up. Just because the agency's analysis or economists uh, will X out oil, the middle class family doesn't get to X it out. Uh, a gallon of regular gasoline averaged three dollars eighty-eight cents uh, last week. Uh, that is uh, up uh, more than twenty-five cents since the twenty-five percent since the start of the year. So this is this is really about the worst news the Biden administration could possibly get. The fear among uh, the economists is that the rising costs are going to make Americans cut back on their spending. Uh, fewer, fewer trips to the restaurant, less travel. Uh, and that will stall growth. Um, it, it literally is the definition of stagflation. It's, it's going to tighten labor markets. It's going to push people with low pay uh, or uh, multiple jobs to think twice about long commutes to work. You don't want to, you know drive 20 miles to go to work if you're not making enough money to cover the cost of the gasoline. So investors are just a little bit leery. And so are consumers. It's, um, it's just so damned hard to get ahead today. I don't know. I, I don't know how... Uh, Families with children are making it. You know, your family of four or five. You know, my wife and I make a, a, a decent living, and it's just the two of us. And I've already got a a, a a side hustle here. But if you've got kids, how are you making it? How are you paying all those bills? What have you cut back on? Is there something that you cut back on Is there, with this inflation? Do you find yourself not going to the movies as often or not going out to dinner as often or staying home instead of, you know, burning the gas in the car? What, what kinds of adjustments have you had to make with this rampant, uh, 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 rampant inflation? Has it changed your lifestyle at all? 
Uh, are you, you know, we talked about this uh, last year when this was really picking up ahead of steam. And a lot of people were buying generic food. And they were calling us up and telling us, you know, this generic is as good as Kraft uh, mac and cheese uh, or uh, just a whole variety of foods that were less expensive. People were looking for the big bargains. Are you beyond that? Is it worse? Is it the same? Is it changing your lifestyle? Give me a call. Let me know what's changed. 874-9390-800-529-5572. I know that Brian is, uh, it's changed Brian. Uh, he now only buys a, a half a tank of gas at a time. <laughs> and I'm forever turning off lights in the Hanson household. Yeah? Do you do that? We, you know... It, we, it makes the wife crazy. You know, she, she leaves lights on in every room that she goes in. And I turn them off, and sometimes I turn it off, and she's still in there. <laughs> well, Gwen and I are pretty good about that, but I can remember when I was a kid, uh, my mother saying, hey, the electric company has more money than I do. Right. Uh, turn off the lights. Uh, and she sort of instilled that. Has it changed you? Uh, uh, you know, I tease you about the gas thing, but, you know, I actually... Yeah, I mean, any time that we can save money on our monthly bills we certainly will take a look at it like right now we're considering moving to an alternative besides direct tv because their prices have shot up and they are not negotiating and it's like okay well time to start looking and although i like that guide there are other methods of Obtaining the same stuff that we look at now for a lot less money—it's just a hassle. I don't you have think to have a stupid smart TV, and you have to—it's uh, just you know making the change is the hard part. You when, know, once I, you've done it, I did. I had that uh, that uh, that epiphany that I was getting away from Direct TV, and I've I've got—I'll uh, tell you the three that I have, and I'll tell you my experience. Listeners can call up; they may have their own. Uh, but I'm I'm going to tell you you can do it, and it once you've pulled the trigger, and you understand the system, it's a lot cheaper. Quick break up against the clock. Gary Nolan Show Zimmer Radio Network. It is uh, 11:50. Glad to have you with us. Brian is uh, contemplating because of inflation, trying to save some money by getting rid of Directv, which which I did a couple of years ago, and I'm. Overall, pretty satisfied with it. Um, there are some advantages to direct TV. Uh, you can pause a show and then go watch something that you recorded uh, and then go back to that show that you paused and not have to sit through commercials. You get some kinds of uh, some variabilities there that uh, you can take advantage of that you don't get with uh, streaming. But other than that, it's way less expensive. You can record series. Uh, just like you can direct TV. Uh, the quality is fine. I never have to worry about snowstorms or thunderstorms uh, blocking my satellite view. Uh, I got Roku, and uh, then uh, with my Roku thing, I plug it into the TV, plug it into the outlet, connect it to the Internet. And I got YouTube TV. And I have, uh, what else do I have? Um, Paramount Plus and one other. And altogether, it's still less, way less than my satellite dish. And I get all the car shows and the news shows and all the other 
local news, everything. So you might want to consider doing that, Brian. It, it will save you a ton of money. And, and bonus, you have, don't to have, have a to, smart TV for that, right? You don't need it. Well, if, if you can plug this uh, device into your oh, okay. TV set. It's one of those. Uh, it turns it into, I've got gotcha. a smart TV and I've got a, a, a Democrat TV. <laughs> and I can teach the Democrat TV by plugging this Roku device I in. I see. Okay. So it works, and it's... I have a Democrat plasma TV. Remember the plasmas? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I still have it, and it's still going. I, I must had be a, 20 years old. When, when we first moved to Columbia, we went to Walmart, and we got... A, a, it was a Christmas time, and I think this was a floor model TV, and it was a projection TV. Mm-hmm. And we had that for quite a while. Um, it, it, it was never as good a picture as um, some of the other stuff. Those TVs are advancing. I don't know what... The, there's some kind of new um, projection system or a new TV system. Uh, I don't even remember the name of it, but I've seen ads on TV. It's supposed to be sharper, crisper, and all it's that. It's incredible. The price of TVs is just bottomed out. I mean, you can get a 50, 55-inch screen, you know, 4K TV with all the bells and whistles now for under $300. Yeah. It's like, holy cow. This can you remember? Incredible. Do you remember when you were a kid when you had a television, if you had a console TV, it was in, it was literally, it was a piece yeah. of furniture. A Curtis Mathis. That was oh, the brand to buy. That was the Cadillac of yeah. televisions, Curtis Mathis. Uh, but it was there was a ton of um, furniture uh, that that came with the TV set, and no one person could lift it. Now you you can get a TV set and it's got a, a screen that's four or five times the size of those, and you can carry it. It's amazing technology. But anyway, uh, yeah, cut the cord, Brian. Yeah. We're getting close. And bonus, you don't have to have another hole drilled in your roof. That is true, yeah. Okay. Actually, they didn't do it on the roof. They wanted to, but I said, no, you got a snowstorm that comes. I'm not climbing on my roof to clear the dish. Nope. And well, they, they uh, understood. And they put, put it, it on a pole? Yeah. Yeah. But that was their first thing. Uh, he was said, we need a ladder to get up on. Like, no. Not on the rough. Uh-uh. Well, we Good have move. to. No, no. Yeah, there's a line of sight right here. And he said, yeah, we do. Yeah, we can do it here. So, yeah. I think, I don't know why their preference is to put it on someone's roof because it can only cause leaks. But, anyway. I, yeah. I guess they're getting a, a clearer shot, maybe. I don't know. Probably that. Because I don't think that 15 or 20 feet. Is going to by itself. Yeah, they're difference. probably worried about trees that grow after you know they put it in. Yeah, branches getting in the way. So that's what they're thinking, probably. Does anybody still have internet? I mean, not internet, but cable. Do you know anybody that still has cable? Yeah, a lot of people do. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow. I I kind of thought that was like fallen by the wayside. Now they're still bundling packages up here in this market for both internet, TV, and 
you know, phone all coming through uh, one cable. And landlines? Yeah, those are <laughs> still, people still have them. Not many, though. I, I mean, everybody I know is, is getting rid of their landlines. I know. Uh, I finally did it, and... You know, it's odd. Do you remember when you were a kid and the phone would ring in the house? Oh, yes. And everybody would, you know, especially the kids, they would rush to get to the phone. Yep. Doesn't happen anymore. Everybody's got their own. It, it's, it's changed. It's amazing what's happened just in our lifetimes. Yours especially. I mean, from the Civil War <laughs> all the way up to now. Yeah. All right. Uh, we've got to... Uh, how much time do I have here? Because I got two minutes. All right, Hillary Clinton. How long? Oh, that is this audio is two minutes. I got this audio of Hillary Clinton, and she is convinced that the Russians are still involving themselves in the election. She's still trying to send <laughs> sell that same old sad story that you know the election was stolen from her. That Trump got the Russians uh, involved, and then it's still going on. She also uh, is suggesting that the uh, Republicans having this uh, impeachment inquiry are somehow jumping the gun. She, she appears to have completely forgotten uh, what the Democrats did to Donald Trump. Well, that's different. That, that's different? Uh-huh. Because uh, Donald Trump deserved yeah. to not have the same... Yeah, pretty much. Democrats uh, did an impeachment inquiry into Donald Trump in 2019 without a floor vote, which she said is missing right now against Joe Biden. Ergo, the Republicans are just out of whack. But I, Brian has just explained it to me. <laughs> uh, it's because Donald Trump has a, a, an R in front of his name. Uh, and, and so that makes it perfectly fine. You, you don't. You That's just the way it works, and if you don't like it, then you can just stay home and not vote. Yeah, uh, that seems to be about the way they do it. Listen, let me tell you what's coming up. we got Glenn Beck. He's, uh, he's knocking on the door right now. Sean Hannity will be on. Randy Tobler this afternoon. For your ride home from work, 4 to 6, Randy Tobler is the way to go. Tomorrow morning, wake up mid-Missouri. Brandon Rathard is going to be there. Can't go wrong. All the great talk right here. Whatever it is in life that you want, go out and get it. Don't wait for the government to drop it in your lap. You make it happen. You seize the day. Carpe diem. Gwen, baby. Honey, I'm coming home.